Welcome to IT Visionaries, created by The Mission, your number one source for accelerated learning. Joanne Olsofsky has been involved with technology since she first stepped out of school and into the working world. At age 19, she worked at AT&T as a technician repairing network gear and modems. She progressed through the ranks becoming an engineer, project manager, and then a manager. After that, Joanne became Director of Enterprise Network Services and Technology Support Services at GTE Verizon before moving to Telcom, where she continued her track record of achievement, first as an Assistant Vice President, then becoming a VP and CIO, and finally, an SVP. By this point in time, the energy of the Salesforce community was becoming contagious, and Joanne left Telcom to become the Executive Vice President and CIO of Salesforce. Joanne joins us today to discuss aligning business strategy with IT strategy, empowering citizen developers, and how you can select new technologies for your business. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. The Lightning Platform is a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. Salesforce and the Harvard Business Review recently teamed up to create a study that shows how you can use the latest technologies and leadership strategies to close the customer gap in your business. So if you have customers, their experience matters. To get this study where you can learn how to fix it, go to the link in the show notes. And now on to today's episode. Joanne, we are so excited to have you today on IT Visionaries. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. So today we have a really fun episode planned. We're going to talk a lot about CIO stuff. We're going to talk about your background with an extensive experience in information technology and a bunch of the things that you're working on at Salesforce. I'm just really excited to have you on and we have quite a show planned. So let's get into it. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to Salesforce. Sure. So I actually joined Salesforce fairly recently in February of 2018. So a very recent hire to Salesforce. And while being a new employee of Salesforce, not new to Salesforce proper and Salesforce technologies, and as you said, not new to IT, I guess I spent the better part of my career in IT, mostly in the telecommunications industry. I started my career at 19 and progressed from the early beginnings in very technical roles to people leadership roles, leading up to the last 10 years as CIO at my prior firm. And during that tenure, we became exposed to Salesforce as a customer back in 2012. I joined Salesforce because I was really impressed by their passion for the customer and for the innovative quality of product being delivered. You know, at Salesforce, everything begins with customer. I love their fast-moving, progressive, and innovative culture. I love the passion and energy you feel when you just walk down the halls and on each of the floors. I love the giving nature of the company. I love the giving back. And the company I know you know supports philanthropy through our 111 model of 1% equity, 1% product, 1% time. It's just a great place to be. And personally, I feel so quite fortunate to be here and to be a part of it all. It's great energy and great innovation and just wonderful people. It's a great part of my career. I'm so excited to be here. You know, and actually, I don't know if I told you this before we started doing the interview, but the mission is actually part of the 111 program as well, because we're a Salesforce customer. And we joined essentially right after founding the company. Once we became a customer, we joined 111. It's awesome. And it's something that we believe to 
that companies should be thinking about. So it's really cool. That's great. I'm so happy to hear that. So one of the things that was really interesting as we were looking at kind of your depth of experience was this relationship between technology and companies that were not traditionally a technology company, but technology is the key driving force for business right now. And IT is obviously changing. It's not the same as it used to be. How do you see the role of the CIO shifting and kind of like, what are you seeing in your day-to-day with your colleagues that are CIOs? You know, I think it's changed a lot. I've been in the business, as you stated earlier, for, you know, over 30 years and have seen so much during just that time period. And I think if we as people just reflect back on, you know, how did we live our day-to-day lives 30 years ago without mobile, without the ability to connect from anywhere, without the internet and things like that as consumers, it's amazing how differently we live our day-to-day lives. And the workplace is similar I think the role has definitely shifted as well as the importance of the CIO role of the IT department. Remember when we were thought of as the MIS department, you know, we were the group that ran data centers, we got business requirements, and then we coded something and we did a flash cut and it was live, you know, and maybe we had to go redo it. (laughs) You know, you never know. We drove in the office if something was broken so we can fix it. You know, I remember when I was a engineer and a technician many, many years ago. And if something was broken, literally in the middle of the night, I had to get in my car and drive back into the office. You know, you can fix something remotely, heaven forbid, right? Yeah. So it was just a different world. We didn't have all the capabilities that we have today, you know, with the internet, VPN, mobility, voice data, you know, applications, the compute power, the storage power. It's just a whole different ball game today. We certainly didn't have an easy capability to sync all of our devices so we could collaborate real time with anyone in the world at any time. So with all of that, you know, it's definitely shifted IT for sure. And it's definitely shifted the role that we play. The CIO role, I guess I would say, is shifting as we as CIOs are in the mix in a very big way. It's not uncommon that we are asked to help enable the business, innovate the business, transform the business. And that's the word that's used a lot lately. And it's really apropos, even though it's kind of gotten a little overused. But that is what we're here to do is to partner with internal business partners to really transform the way that we do business internal to an organization. Because at the end of the day, that by its very nature transforms how we interact with our customers. And as you know, we all exist because of our external customers. So it's very important that we center customer experience around everything. And that's no small undertaking because all of us, no matter what industry you're in, we all, and what, whatever CIO role you're in, we have a mix of technologies and processes that are all at various stages of the life cycle. Um, some very legacy and some, you know, fairly new, but, you know, there's no one that's able to say, I'm going to give you an unlimited budget so we can update and get creative and infuse all new technology. So we all have to deal with a mixture of various technologies and various environments that are within all of our workplaces. I think we also have to be agile fast and we have to get it right the first time or close to it because not doing so drives unwanted cost and we need to understand real requirements the first time around, which becomes very key. So enter methodologies, if you would, like design thinking and so on that help us to deliver as a as a technology organization in conjunction with our business partners. 
Is that a pretty drastic change? Because you think about how if you were to go back 20 years ago and say, oh yeah, design thinking is going to be part of IT, right? Like, isn't that something that's a little, I mean, it's a little nebulous now, but back then, I mean, were people even thinking remotely close to things like that? Yeah, back then we were talking about JAD sessions, you know, so back then it was a little bit different. Now we're in the mode of, design thinking to play personas where our business partners are part of the envisioning sessions and they might play the role of a IT person and the IT person might play the role of a business partner or you know they might play different roles of somebody in the supply chain or a external business partner or whatever it might be so it's definitely forcing you to look at things through a different lens which i think is really important because we all know our own roles reasonably well but Sometimes it helps to walk in the shoes of somebody else. And then inevitably, I've never seen one of these sessions take place where inevitably some ideas crop up that we may not have originally thought of for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting to think about how the roles of how you partner with business, how you engage with those people has changed so much. What's your philosophy on partnering with business? What are you doing to empower business stakeholders? How are you engaging those folks to really collaborate with your team and being able to affect that change? I think we in IT need to have great relationships with our business partners in order to excel. And throughout my career, I know I've worked for organizations that at one time or another had a great relationship or a not so great relationship or you know, maybe there were issues that we need to solve for where we weren't really being great partners on either end. And I think it's really critical to all of our success that we work very hard on those relationships and use these things on the side of our head called ears yeah. <laughs> and try and listen both ways to what the other person is trying to say and what point they're trying to convey. And again, it all comes down to walking in somebody else's shoes and trying to understand the challenges that they're trying to deal with. Because, you know, business partners, IT, whomever in the company, we're all just trying to get our day jobs done, right? And we're all trying to do it as efficiently as we possibly can. And I think that putting a lot of energy into having a great business partnership internally is paramount to everybody's success. I don't believe IT can deliver independently. Likewise, I don't believe our business partners can deliver independently we have to work together to jointly solve issues. And I think that it's worth the energy and it's worth the investment and time to listen and to hear where somebody else is coming from and understand what our business partners are trying to accomplish strategically so that then we can then help with application of technology to help our business get to where they need to go. You know, on our own environment, we allow, of course, citizen development within Salesforce as well. And I guess I don't necessarily consider it citizen development as much as I consider it citizen configuration, because especially with SaaS type products and a SaaS environment, certainly on the Salesforce platform, we see where our business partners have the capability to do configuration, analytics, reporting, and just they don't have to come to IT for everything. And that speeds everybody up. And I think it's turned into a really good thing where we have the governance, we have the controls, but our business partners are able to configure as they need to, report as they need to, analyze as they need to. 
and get their day jobs done, which makes it goodness for everybody. Yeah. I mean, do you think that there was an imbalance there where it was kind of like IT leaders felt like they were giving up control and that that was kind of at odds with it's, oh, it's not going through me or or us every single time. And that was something that people were scared of. Or do you think that it's something that the smart IT leaders are saying, hey, this actually makes our organization more effective. It gets us, you know, bottom up refinement in a much quicker way. Like what are kind of the viewpoints on that? I think the challenging thing at times can be you do need some level of governance. And you also have to recognize that you can't always do things in a silo per se. So you have to access data, let's say, that maybe is in a different system. And so you need to involve the IT team as well as the business partner team to be able to do that. Um, The IT team has a responsibility for the enterprise and has to ensure data protection, data security, and overall governance of the systems that we transact. And data integrity is very key. So I think it's a fine line where you have to walk to ensure that you help the business to be as agile as it needs to be and as as productive as it needs to be, as well as ensuring that you as an organization, whether you're in IT or you're in the business group, that you're ensuring that you protect the enterprise to the best ability that you can. So I think it's a collaborative effort to ensure that you accomplish all of those goals. So with Salesforce, like rapid growth over the past few years and, you know, having over 35,000 employees at this point, how did you look at the organization when you came into the role and say, we have a lot of growth, IT needs to support this, what is our strategy to support this, and how can we empower folks across the organization to integrate with IT in a more cohesive and structured way and govern that? Yeah, so let's start, first of all, with the goodness of the fact that it's great to be part of a growing industry and company. So that's absolute goodness. That's a good problem to have. Having said that, Salesforce as a company, you know, has a huge hiring plan, as you mentioned. We're hiring thousands and thousands of Salesforce Ohana each and every year. We're, you know, number one place to work, number one CRM, all around good news stories. So a couple things are going on here. My team has automation behind the scenes with onboarding processes and support of our new Ohana members, all the thousands and thousands of people that are joining. The new hire journey, it's automated into our marketing cloud. You know, for example, as I was a new employee, I received all my daily, weekly updates when I had an action to take, whether training related for my new devices, to learn a new app, etc. So we As far as the hiring part and Salesforce growing, we try to automate as much as we can, certainly utilizing our technology to do so. And that helps my technology team to be able to support literally thousands and thousands of people joining. You know, it's thousands of devices we're provisioning, new people that, you know, need support, need assistance. We also have what we call our tech force bars that are in all of our major locations that provide support for our new Ohana. My team is physically in 35 plus different worldwide locations. We're very mobile. You know, we've implemented a platform that users can get to whatever they need to from their phones, their tablets, their computers. 
personally, I live most every day in a tablet or on my phone. I can do whatever I need to do from those devices. Although bear in mind, I'm mostly a consumer of information, whether I need to be in our Salesforce apps or email or productivity apps, it's all accessible from any devices. So that's how we're kind of embracing the company in terms of all the employees that are joining and becoming a part of our Ohana. We're also, as a IT team, you mentioned since I joined, we are positioning our organization for our next chapter in our growth, if you will. As you mentioned, Salesforce is growing quite rapidly, and that's a good news story. But what comes with that is we, as in the technology team, are doing an assessment of all of our foundational products that we use. We're looking at where we need to do additional automation, where there's additional functionality that can be implemented, where we might have gaps, where we might even have redundancy of of product being used or where we can more efficiently leverage from a systems architecture perspective. So we're doing an analysis of that right now. We are looking at things with a lens that says we want to accomplish a few things. One is Salesforce on Salesforce. You know, we have a goal to be the best implementation of our own product, of Lightning as a platform, of Smarts, of AI, of Einstein. And so that's one flavor of our mission. Our second goal, if you will, is, you know, we have the same opportunities as other IT organizations have where, you know, we really need to double our IT capacity. We've got to drive innovation of internal IT. We have a location strategy globally where, as I mentioned, we have 35 locations worldwide and I have technology folks all around the world. And so we have to drive automation internally. We need to double our own capacity so that we can deliver more because the business needs us to deliver more and increase our capabilities and our capacities. And then third, I would say we're focused on being what we call Salesforce fast. So it's agile systems at scale. It's working with our business partners to, again, going back to our earlier comments on design thinking and it's the roadmap. It's working with our business partners to identify where they need to go and what it is that our IT organization needs to do to position them. Our number one goal for this company is trust. And so we focus on trust as a underlying core theme to everything that we do. So high trust, high reliability, high systems availability. And then we dive into things like Salesforce on Salesforce, delivering the functionality that the business needs so that it can succeed as well. So the first part is using those things on the side of our heads again, those things called ears and listening and observing what our business partners need, how they function, and how we can sit side by side with them and understand what gaps that they might have and how we can automate and innovate to help them to position to support, you know, this very growing company. How do you do that? I mean, how do you tactically do that to get feedback from the business partners? Yeah, you know, I've really found that the best way to do that is go walk a day in their life or, and also I always tell my IT team, you know, don't just sit in our four walls and try and do your job from here. You need to get out there. You know, I've been out in the field in my career. I've sat in call centers with headsets on. I've ridden in trucks. I've worked with our field teams. I've gone out on field visits. And I encourage my IT team to do that. And we're going to be doing more and more of that. 
In my day-to-day, I, I see all that we're invited into as part of the IT organization now. You know, it's really changed going back to one of your earlier questions is the CIO, we're now in strategy meetings, we're in product meetings, we're in board meetings, we're in customer meetings. I know that's a lot of meetings, but we're in the room with an ear open listening for opportunities and how we can help position the business to support our customers. And so, you know, I, I literally spend my day and I encourage my team taking them out as well. We're in India, we're in Europe, we're in the US, we're in locations all over the world. We're visiting our customers and our own employees, our Ohana, we're listening. I think to be a really great CIO and to be a really great IT department, you have to work where your customers work. You have to kind of sit side by side with them as they're doing their jobs. I think that's really key so you understand what challenges they really have. And I think all too often, IT organizations, we're so busy, we're so heads down doing what we do that we don't take the time to just stop and just get out of your four walls and go experience what your internal customers are experiencing and more importantly, what your external customers are experiencing. So one of the things that we're starting to do now is to go visit with some of our external customers because I want to see what it's like when they interact with our web tools, with our mobile tools, with the things that my IT team provides that our customers use to whether it's to, you know, pay a bill or see a contract or interact with us on mobile. I think it's really important because we want to be about customer experience and we want to be user friendly. And I think all of our CIO brothers and sisters out there that are providing the similar service for their customers, they feel the same way. We all want to be about customer experience and be the best, most easy to do business company in whatever industry we're serving. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really important. You know, there's so much that people plan for, launch, and then don't actually get feedback early in the process, right? And so having your folks internally in the organization just building all day and never actually getting out of the walls is a way that you can limit that. And it's a way that you can get refinement much earlier in the process. And I totally agree. I mean, I think that that's a great takeaway and a great lesson. I think the important part too is that we're just in such a great time in terms of technology right now where we have the advantage of massive amounts of compute power, communications, storage, what we can do with Internet of Things, you know, blockchain, advanced analytics. I mean, all these great technologies, you know, software as a service, the SaaS model, the PaaS model. And all of those things have come together and we are the benefactors of being able to leverage all of those technologies to help deliver for our customers. And very quickly, we can iterate quickly, we can configure quickly. You know, gone are the days where you have to write this stuff from scratch. We now have the ability to configure, not code, which is goodness for all of us. Yeah, I love that idea. And it really plays to how many different people can be sensors when you don't have to have everyone coding, right? If you had the more people that can configure, the better off you're going to be because you don't need to build all of that capacity. And the people who are actually on the ground who have the problem can kind of figure it out themselves a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, I don't spend a whole lot of my time working infrastructure issues anymore. I don't have to run a bunch of data centers don't have to run a bunch of infrastructure. Instead, we're spending most of our time, I kind of 
call it playing offense, not defense. You know, I'm not on outage calls. I'm not having to deal with a lot of that stuff that, you know, could be a time sucker upper and a time waster of long years past. As a result, we can spend more of our time playing offense and delivering product, delivering functionality and delivering things that really mean something to our business so that we can make forward progress, which is a great thing. It's a great time to be in technology for sure. So switching gears a little bit to how you in your career have thought about selecting technologies. Like, was there like a mindset or like kind of tools that you use? Like, how did you choose what technologies to select and implement? Because I think some of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes and with other CIOs is that there's lots of different things out there. And if there's like a methodology that helps you select those things, it would be kind of helpful. Is there anything that you used? I would tell you I like the common sense method. (laughs) And the common sense method tells me that I might be an intelligent person, but I don't know everything. And so the first thing I try to do is to surround myself with those that do. And so whether that's building an internal talent base that's totally awesome with great people, or it's leveraging some of our external partners who come to the table and also bring us ideas, or it's spending time in the Valley with some VCs or other industry leaders to see and experience you know, new investments and what's taking place in the industry. I think it's all of those things kind of coming together. So I first try to understand, again, going back to what we just talked about, what's the business problem we're trying to solve? What's the opportunity? And then try to surround myself with all the people that I just mentioned, propose ideas and leverage the strength and the power of your own team. You know, one person doesn't need to solve everything. But if you look at all of our IT teams, We all have a tremendous amount of talent. We just need to, again, listen and have a very open door policy and encourage innovation within the culture of your own IT organization and encourage people to bring you their ideas and and listen to what they are. And there's going to be times where somebody will bring you an idea and maybe this isn't the perfect time for the idea. Maybe it's a great idea. But maybe you have to put it on the shelf for a reason. Maybe the technology is not cost effective enough yet. Maybe there's a regulatory reason. Maybe there's a timing reason with our business partner. Maybe it's a timing for when it makes sense to make an investment. There could be a lot of reasons. And maybe you put that on the shelf, but maybe in a year or whatever, you come back to it. There may be another time for that same great idea. I think the important thing is to just keep an open door, keep an open mind, and surround yourself with lots of experts and don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel every time because a lot of times these problems have been solved and we just need to be smart enough to open our eyes and just kind of leverage the idea that's there waiting for us. Yeah, I think that's a really astute point. And I think that when you're talking about talent, I think it's sometimes easy to forget that you can require more of your team in terms of bringing those things to the forefront of the conversation. And especially once they're doing the things like you were talking about, once they're getting out and seeing the world and seeing the different pieces of different companies, different cultures, different customers, different pieces of the internal team, there's going to be a lot more free flow of ideas and innovative thinking, right? I wholeheartedly agree. We have gone out on field trips before where I've taken a combination of 
internal business experts, our IT teams, and just watched the business process taking place out in the field with customers, at a port, at a various location in an office. And inevitably, when you pull a cross-functional team together and you watch what's taking place and you see the tools that they're using or you see what the customer might be complaining about or what's taking too long or what have you, inevitably, it's amazing the ideas that just surface when you pull a bunch of folks together and you just get out of the four walls and go see the processes in place and see what's really happening from a customer perspective or from another person's perspective. That's how we can, as organizations, empower and engage employees to create things. And obviously you have like, you know, and obviously Lightning Platform is the sponsor of the podcast, but you have things like Lightning Platform that can really help those people who are out there seeing the different areas and empower them to actually create new things. And I think that that is just such an empowering place to be as an employee where a bunch of years ago, you couldn't see a business problem and then take action on that problem. You would have to, you know, submit a ticket or do whatever the process was. And now the fact that employees can actually do that, I just think is so exciting. Yeah, I love our lightning platform. I kind of think of it as workflow on steroids because it is so easy to automate business processes and drive efficiency and drive improved workflow and drive responsiveness and be able to interact with other systems as well. Because as I mentioned earlier, you know, most IT groups, we have a plethora of different technologies that we've deployed over the years as technology has changed. And we can't always replace it all at one time. So inevitably, I've got data that I might need to interact with that lives in a multitude of different systems And thankfully, using the Lightning platform, it doesn't care. So I can pull in data from a mainframe environment. I can pull in data from an ERP system. I can pull in data from a mobility or web-based system, and I can surface it through the Salesforce platform using Lightning. And the user has really no need to know or doesn't even realize where that other data is coming from because inevitably, we've got to be able to surface it in a way that they can use it to make good business sense and to automate whatever process it is that they're trying to leverage. Yeah, I love that. I think it's an empowering, exciting time to be an employee when you can have that type of impact. And it's something that is fun to be a part of. Okay, switching gears, final question before the lightning round. Where do you find talent? Where are the places that Joanne looks for IT talent that are, I mean, I guess you don't have to share any trade secrets, but where are the spots and the trends that you're seeing of the best places to find those elite employees? I would tell you there's an old saying, there'll be no talent shortage if you provide a great place to work. And I've always lived by that. A former mentor of mine used to always quote that. And it's really true. And I think luckily, you know, we have that great Salesforce brand. And so There's no shortage of people pinging me to come and join our Salesforce team, which is great. So that's goodness. We're a pretty good magnet. And so that's fun to have on your heels there. But I would also just to directly answer your question, I love leveraging the college hire program. So we have a college hiring program that we go out to various colleges and we recruit. And that's a great avenue. Also, of course, our experienced hires. I mean, we have 
you know, thousands of people that apply within Salesforce. We also have a great referral program within Salesforce. So our employees love to refer other potential candidates. And so that's a great way that we get new hires. So it's really a lot of those avenues that we tend to gain our next generation of Ohana from. The referral program is great. And Salesforce has a really good one. But those type of internal employee referral programs can be done in a way that are really, really impactful. And it turns the workforce into sensors. And it keeps them incentivized to think about what their friends are doing, what former colleagues are doing, to pay attention to where everyone is and say, hey, you know that person I really loved working with? Uh, You know, I wonder what they're doing these days. So I love that idea. Okay, lightning round questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that is the most fun? Oh, Pinterest probably. What do you pin? You know, I'm a home remodeling nut. And so I pin all kinds of home remodeling projects and organizing projects and, you know, anything. I have four kids. I have this job and always running, running, running. And so anything that can help me to be organized and have a little fun while I'm at it is what I tend to pin. We're also into cars in my household because I did I mention I have four sons and myself and we love cars. I've always been a car nut myself. So I also pin a lot of Jeeps and sports cars and things like that. <laughs> oh, nice. That's great. What is your favorite time-saving tool? My husband and I tend to use Wonderlist a lot, which is very helpful. But I would tell you my calendar is probably one of my best tools because I'm so calendar-driven. It keeps me very organized. It keeps my family organized and anything mobile, but definitely the calendar. Gotta be mobile. I love it. You'd be surprised. We hear calendar all the time. Oh, really? It's uh, That's interesting. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I'd say probably 50% of the time people say their calendar. <laughs> what is some of your favorite uses of AI that you've seen recently? You know, it's funny you asked this weekend, my husband's shopping for a new vehicle. And so I was out scouring some car dealership sites. And that was actually some pretty interesting uses of AI coming back with some personal shopping help and some shopping examples. I'm sure you've probably leveraged purchasing stuff on consumer sites and how you're served up with things that might be of interest to you or travel, you know, we're starting to see a little bit more of that where, you know, AI is really becoming quite useful in the consumer space. So some of those are kind of my fun ones. What about any favorite chatbots that you've seen? I certainly love an AI personal assistant for sure. Oh yeah, they're great. I saw someone was not a fan of the new Gmail thing where it like suggests responses for your emails. And I'm like, how can you not like that? It's great. Oh, I totally love that. That's actually a really good one there is the email canned response suggestions. That's a total time saver. Yeah, it's great. I mean, whether or not your emails are being read by, hopefully they're not being saved, but yeah, it's a story for another day. Any uh, any favorite chatbots that you like? Yeah, I think chatbots, the best example I would have is probably, like I mentioned, some of the consumer shopping ones, at least, you know, if you're talking personal life, I think those are quite helpful in helping you to solve problems or if you have a travel issue or what have you, some of those I think are quite responsive and quite helpful. Favorite team, sports or otherwise? I'm a baseball nut. So I would say Tampa Bay Rays because I lived there for a lot of years and I now become a Texas Rangers fan as well. I also love the Houston Astros and 
I spent a lot of time in San Francisco. So I just went to a Giants game. Nice. Totally love that. So, you know, I just love baseball. Yeah, we got to get you to an A's game. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's great. It's good fun. And they're great right now. Yes. Favorite podcast? I like anything that's around, obviously, my home thing on, you know, personal fixer-upper type stuff is always fun. But I definitely love anything business-related, finance-related, certainly sports, TED Talks. Wall Street Journal has a great one. You know, I just kind of scour what's out there and, and look for things that are of interest. But those are the general topics that I look for. Favorite book? You know, I wish I could tell you I have a lot of time to read books. I don't. But, you know, I kind of like old favorites. Like if you think back to all I ever need to know I learned in kindergarten, I'm kind of a keep it simple person. I love the concept of, you know what, let's share, let's play fair, let's say we're sorry, let's play and work every day, you know, stick together, all those good things that make day-to-day life really good, either in the workplace or at home. Those are some kind of good rules to follow. I love it. That's great. And we have not got that one yet. So that's a good one. Any favorite shows that you're watching these days? It's usually a ball game or it's HGTV because as I mentioned, I don't spend a lot of time watching TV, but usually it's one of those two things. How about what's something that you're really excited about for Dreamforce this year? You know, Dreamforce is a great event. I was amazed the first time that I went. And of course, this year I'll be there as an employee for the first time. I really love the IT Visionaries track. I think that's well worth going to, the IT Observatory. I also think, you know, just going from session to session, you learn so much in each of the sessions, just learning from others. And the networking opportunity is absolutely amazing because no matter what role you're in, you're going to find other people that are dealing with a lot of the similar challenges. And, you know, we're all trying to essentially solve some of the same problems. And when you use those things on the side of your head again, those ears, you know, it's amazing how much you can learn just from listening and interacting with other people. It's a really awesome event. I totally agree. I was blown away when I went to my first one. I think it was like five years ago now. It's unreal. Obviously, we're partial since the mission is going to be moderating a panel for IT visionaries. So definitely, that's more biased, though. That's going to be a great one. Okay, what technology are you most excited about for the future? I'm excited about artificial intelligence. I'm excited about analytics. I'm excited about blockchain. I'm excited about Internet of Things. On a personal level, I'm really excited about the advances in healthcare and the way that we are going to solve illness in a modern way. I think we're making huge progress, whether it's through wearables or other technologies. And I think, again, it's just a great time to be alive. And it's a great time to be in this industry. You know, we just did an episode with Nursi the CEO of Vital Connect, where they did miniaturizations for it's basically like an EKG machine and all the stuff that happens in the hospital and you just throw it on your chest. It's like an oh, ounce or two ounces. Yeah, it's a great episode. And I encourage our listeners, if they haven't checked it out, to to check it out. But it is amazing. Have you ever seen that visualization where it's like, you know, an office desk in 1980 and then now all of the different things, you know, are all technologies? Yes. That's going to happen, but for the hospital. All the things that were beeping and all that, it's going to be the same sort of thing. And that I totally agree. That's so exciting. It is so cool. Okay. Final lightning round question. Best advice for a first time CIO? I would say take time to learn. 
you know, again, leverage the experts and recognize you don't have to be the expert all the time. And it's okay to say, I don't know, let me find out or let me go ask an expert. That's okay. And I would say uh, a former mentor of mine gave me some advice many years ago, and I live with this passionately throughout, and it's the recovery that counts. And I think that when you're in IT or when you're in business, you're going to have days where everything goes great and everything's awesome. And you're likewise going to have some days where, you know, things didn't turn out like I planned it or a project goes south or whatever. And that's when you rally the troops. That's when you get everybody together. You leverage the experts. You work to solve whatever it is that isn't going quite right. But it's the recovery that counts because you know what? Life isn't always perfect. And things in the day job isn't always perfect. But it's how you respond to the adversity that determines whether you'll be successful or not. And I think just, you know, the journey is part of the reward. Make every day a learning day, give back, and don't forget your team. And I don't care if you pass the custodian in the hallway or you pass your CEO, treat everybody with the same level of respect and equality, and it will all be good. I love it. That's great. Couldn't agree more. And that's it for the lightning round. Fast and easy questions, just like the lightning platform by Salesforce. AI-powered apps, faster and easier. With Salesforce, now building apps is everyone's business. Learn more at salesforce.com slash build apps. That's it. That's all we got for the interview. We're so thankful that you could share your time with us, and it was a blast having you on. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and go Salesforce. Indeed, go Salesforce. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce, a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. With Salesforce, now everyone can build apps for their organization. Learn more at salesforce.com slash buildapps.